0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on SelfDiscoveryMedia.com. I'm your host Sarah Troy and my guest today is Mark Singer. Can you retire? Well at the present moment everybody's just wondering if they even have a job. I know there's a hell of a lot of struggle going on out there and retirement is the last thing you're thinking about and you know you look at maybe your parents or other people that are still working right into their 70s and you think is retirement even out of reach for me but he says don't outlive your money in retirement seven key steps he's just released his uh, fourth book and you know we're going to address that today but it's the safe harbor retirement planning mark has served as a relentless retirement guide to thousands of individuals since 1986 the secret to his longevity has been asking the right questions Um, other advice Simply Don't Ask. It allows him to make the best decisions for each client, unique situation and ensures retirement success. He is a former radio talk show host. He's an author. He has become the go-to financial educator in the media and his most recent book, Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement, Seven Key Steps, unveils the step-by-step process to uh, use to help maximize the retirement journey. You know, retirement is not something that everybody's, thinking about um it is something that people kind of it sneaks up on them for an awful lot of people and it's like oh hell <laughs> what do i do now costs are going up i'm no longer earning that income or i'm going to have to work for another 10 years in order just to survive so um in a lot of ways retirement is something that people are very very afraid to dress aren't they mark welcome to the show
1: Thank you, Sarah. And there's no doubt um, that so many people really do not wish to address this question because they're afraid of the answer. And I really think that burying your head in the sand is not the solution. Mm -hmm. It just won't go away. And I I, I do a lot of talking nationwide on um, financial wellness, and there there are three basic uh scripts if you will that i talk about And one of them is uh helping people to reduce the stress they're feeling um with regards to cash flow and credit cards and all that kind of stuff which is another one of those issues oh yes it you- hand, hands about right yes but I say to them you, you don't understand if you don't deal with it now mm. it's not going to go away and it'll make tomorrow's problems even worse yeah so i you know when we do retirement planning overall it does one of two things and both of them are good one you find out you're on the right track to re- pursue whatever your goals are mm-hmm. and you don't need millions of dollars to retire i've learned that over my 32 years mm-hmm. what your lifestyle is what what, what your joys are So that's a good thing if you find out you're on track. The other good thing is you might find out you're not on track. And I say that's a good thing because don't you wanna know that now versus waiting 10, 15, 25 years and then on Friday find out you're gonna retire on Monday and oh my gosh, I should have have done planning earlier which is what I hear all the time. So even if you find out you're not on track, that's a good thing. Is then you go in and you make whatever necessary adjustments you need to make or you understand what you need to address so that you can get closer to being on track. But just burying your head in the sand mm-hmm. just doesn't work.
0: Well, you know, you're all of a sudden debt collectors at your door, right? Because you haven't paid attention. And I know so many people are living living on their visas and credit cards right now, right. and right. Uh, you know, it's it's just one of those times in life where you know there, there's not a lot of security out there. And everybody just kind of thinks temporary, temporary, temporary. That's fine. Think temporary. But maybe as you're already maxing out your credit card, you could start paying for a retirement plan at the same time. (laughs) I
1: I was on a um, podcast recently. Don't remember which one it was. And the host asked me the question about what do you do about retirement planning for a 37-year-old? Yeah. As, As it just so happened he was 37, asking the question for himself. And that was fine. And the answer, he said, really surprised him. Because I said, maybe it's not retirement planning at this moment we need to be dealing with. Maybe we need to be dealing with some of the other things that may be able to free up some cash flow now. Mm -hmm. So maybe in a couple, three years, when we free that up and reduce our stress, then maybe we can look at some retirement planning issues. And he said, you know, that's the first time I've asked a financial advisor about retirement planning. And they didn't say max out your retirement plan Um, because we have to deal with life, right? I mean, just because I'm in this business doesn't mean it's, and I think about this all the time, particularly for myself and my clients, doesn't mean everybody else is thinking about it all the time. So if you are dealing with credit card issues, if you are dealing with cash flow stressors, that those things are impacting you not only financially, but personally and maybe yes. professionally. So you really need to um, address that right now. And then maybe put retirement planning on the back burner for a couple, three years um, if necessary. And that's okay. Yeah. We're all juggling a whole bunch of balls and we need to give you the permission to say it's okay, you can put a few on the back burner.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think having the knowledge to know that you can go to it, or even what it is that you're going to go to, you know, like (laughs) I need to address my financial situation right now. And when I am more freed up and there is more cash in hand, I know that it's going to require me to invest such and such in my retirement. It doesn't mean you have to do it today, and put more financial burden on yourself. It just means that you have a goal and that by a certain time period, you would like to now be investing into that retirement plan and it's going to cost X, Y, and Z. I think one of the big things that we don't see a great deal of is is planning. You know, a lot of people plan for so many other things, plan to go into a party, plan to to have a good time, planning their schedule of work, but they don't plan life. And then life gets, you know, catches up with them. And it's not something we kind of incorporate. As you said, it's you eat, sleep and and drink this. It's your business. It's your life. But for other people who are saturated with what they're going on, it's something they don't think of. Baby steps. Know what it is you are going to need to do by a certain age. How much it's going to cost you, what it's going to produce over the years. Then you've got a projection that you can aim for. But we don't always think that way, do we?
1: We don't, and you know, there's a couple of things I'll share with you, with you and your audience that, you know, that we really focus on with the, the webinars that we do across mm-hmm. the country. The first is, you know, a couple of years ago and I'm in the Boston area, okay? And the Boston Globe had a headline that indicated that 61% of those who were in the workplace were feeling financial stress. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting in a couple of different ways. Number one, the whole definition of workplace has changed right? yes okay yes. so you know for some that's actually been a silver lining cuz but there's been nowhere to go and nothing to do and no money to spend but so maybe you know particularly here in the US you know we show that savings rates have skyrocketed and people you know many people do have more cash on hand than they did before but the the other th- so the message there is you're not alone right you you you're not on your isolated island and it's important to sort of unburden yourself and find that one person the colleague friend family member that you can sort of just you know give them what you're you're going through they may have already been there and done that or they may have a solution for you or maybe just two heads are better than one right
0: yes Or even the awareness, you know, the other person hasn't started it together. Well, maybe we should investigate together. Then it feels less of a a daunting task to do it alone, right? right? Right. And
1: maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not your spouse. You know, maybe difficulties having those conversations Mm. with you. That's fine. But we need to get out from under. So we need to figure that out. The other thing is, and something that we don't do very well, is learn from history. Okay, it's a definition of insanity, right? Yes, yes. Here's a study from AARP that says that the majority of people who were facing normal retirement age, call it 65 through 67, were deferring their ability to retire. And the number one reason was they didn't have enough money. So if I'm 35 years old or 45 years old, and understand that this is the same scenario that plays out over and over again, and that I will share with you personally, a lot of people I I talk to in my office or in my business, they say to me when they're in their late 50s, gosh, if I only knew now what I knew then, I would have started earlier. Well, why don't we share that message with everyone? Just start earlier. And the thing is, so here's the deal. Our industry has done a lousy job of educating your listeners. Okay. Yes,
0: I agree. A, per-
1: a perfect example. Going back about 10, 12 years ago, there was an insurance company, ING,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they were they had a series of ads that were, you know, won notoriety. And what it was, was a guy or a gal who was walking along the street with an, an orange number under their arm. It said like $1,842,672. That was your retirement number. And then they showed along the way, sometimes you got hit by a bus and you know something happened or the, the money went up in flames and you couldn't. But the, the messaging was so bad and so wrong if I say to your audience, you need one million eight to retire, what do you think they would say? Oh my gosh, I don't have that. Yeah, I don't know how to get that. Right. I'm not gonna do that. I have right. too much stuff going on. However, right. if we gave you the message that the, the earlier you start, the smaller steps that you take, mm-hmm. the more disciplined you are to saving small amounts of money over long periods of time, I can show you how by saving the the equivalent of a a pizza with two toppings Mm -hmm. every week is going to get you a quarter of a million dollars, and that's all you do. I mean, that type of stuff is something that's relatable rather than saying to the the masses, you need a million eight. Well, that message doesn't ring true for probably 98% of the people who were listening.
0: It's too far out there. And it's, it's, you know, you've, again, they're so busy in the moment just trying to make ends meet right now. And now you want right. me, I've got to reach that goal. It's just too far out there. It reminds me when I was at boarding school, uh, the boarding school was on the moors in England and we would always take them for a walk and we, and the teacher said, we're going to walk all the way over there and back. And, and as kids, we, oh, that's so far. But we had a teacher says, no, we're going to go walk that tree oh let's go look at that brook let's go and look at this let's go and look at that all the short little stops and the next thing you know we're back home right. and we didn't even realize that we'd walked that far and right. I think you know it's all great can I think this is what frightens people with the word the retirement it feels so far away and nobody talks about preparation or the steps if you're running a business you've got to have a lot of prep You've got to be prepared for it. You've got to have a strategy. If you're running a household, it's the same thing. Otherwise, there's chaos. So why are we not taught that retirement is the same type of thing? We have medical insurance, what we do in Canada. We, you know, you, some people have dental. Some people have the car insurance. You have all of that. So the retirement that you're doing is insurance, isn't it?
1: Right. And, you know... So you you talked about, you know, COVID and the pandemic, and it was very interesting, I found, that the pandemic was sort of a glimpse into what retirement could be. Yes. Right? So you had no workplace to go to, you had nowhere to go, and you were stuck home with your spouse or partner 24-7. Now, for some, that worked out very well. Not so much, right? (laughs) right? So for some... It showed them, or it was an opportunity, it was sort of a silver lining to see what the future could be, mm-hmm. in what might be a retirement, forced or otherwise. And that maybe we take a step back to, to try to get away from all the fires of the day that we're mm-hmm. all dealing with and just cross off an hour a week you know, to have the conversation with, you know, a financial planner or your spouse or your accountant or your whoever it is. But just, I, I, I know that I run a business, right? And if I don't actually put it in the calendar as yeah. important as it might be, um, I don't get to it. There's right. too much stuff. And, all, yes. and all of a sudden the phone rings and all of a sudden something yeah. happens. And then I get an email and then I got to go tend to a client and then all of a sudden the day is gone. The week is gone. The month is gone. The year is gone. So if it's important to you, then the number one thing is to just cross off an hour, a week, a month, whatever it is, and start somewhere either to get some information or to have chats with friends or your spouse or partner and just to decide what it is that your next chapter of life is going to look like. You, you know, one of the things you said was it's difficult to in essence, say for something so far down the road And our industry actually recognizes this. One of the big wirehouses actually created some technology. This is very interesting where they took your facial recognition now and Showed you if you're 35 years old what you could potentially look like at the age of 65, so that you could be gifting to not a stranger, right? 30 years, but gifting to yourself, right? Okay, and saying, "Oh, hi, you know, hi, Mark, from 30 years from now. Gosh, I really need to help you out, so let's give you a little bit of money every single week, month, whatever." Mm-hmm. So you're you're right; it's very difficult to give some stranger. Who mm-hmm. don't know of, or, or circumstances we're not aware of, but we can't assume that everything's going to go well either.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. 50% of those people in a study done just recently who retired, those who retired early, 50% of them retired because of health reasons. Mm-hmm. Those are not things that we think about, plan no. for. It's not in in the script, um, but it happens. And we can't just hope that we just continue to go along to get along. It doesn't work that way.
0: The same applies to to people who divorce. You know, if you've got, that thing is that you've maybe got a retirement plan for the family or for you and your spouse, and you don't make it to that 65 or whatever age together. So it's like, you know, it's not been um, negative to kind of do the individual retirement, not just the blanket retirement, you know, because obviously when you first fall in love, nothing's ever going to part you, but life happens. Uh, the planning for retirement, as you said, it's a good idea, you know, um, to kind of see yourself down the road and um, a lot of people cannot think close, you know, further than the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year. We we are here in Victoria, the prices of property have gone up 10%. Just in this last year, there's been record breaking sales. And you and you're kind of, but you're seeing business after business go under. And you're going to, who's got the money? And it is always the case that people who have the money will make the money. So, you know, we, we look at that and then you think, but I'm just struggling day by day trying to make ends meet. How, you know, how could I ever sustain myself down the road of these prices are always going up? Can one have a retirement plan that actually does cater to inflation?
1: So you have to take into account inflation. Thankfully, right now, it's very low, you know, historically. Um, but you really, you know... I think it's going to be very difficult to deal with things that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what is inflation going to be in 25 or 30 years? I don't know. It's probably going to be higher. That's all I know. Yeah. So, um, but the things you can take control of are putting money away at some level for some goals and objectives. Well, the question is, do you have you even stated what those goals and objectives yeah. are? If you're, so I'm running a business, right? I don't just open up my door and hang a shingle and say, gee, I hope people come by. And I don't, you know, my marketing plan is to get up every morning and go to the office
0: and wait uh, for so, someone
1: to come. <laughs> so hopefully, somebody gives me a call <laughs> and my cash flow and pro forma or such. Well, yeah, if money comes in, great. If it doesn't, I'd be out of business. Mm-hmm. Every business would be out of business. And you must address whether it's retirement or just the next 10 years or the next five years or the next year, whatever it is, in the way a business owner would address it. And we've all got balls that we're juggling. There are things that, I mean, I've been doing this for 32 years now, okay? As a matter of fact, I'll tell you how I got into this business. When I was 27 years old, I hired a certified financial planner. I had no money, Mm. none. I I was a working stiff. I didn't know what it was about, but my question was, what is it do I, that I don't know? Mm. What? How do I invest in myself now so that I can benefit from it later? And it was without a doubt the best money I and time spent that I've ever invested. Because right now, many years later, I'm financially independent and I, I, I have to attribute A majority of that success to the effort to at least unearth the things I didn't know. And Mm. it took me a while to get to where I needed to be. And, you know, as listen, as I've said to my daughter, my daughter's in her 30s, right? She, and she's got my seven-year-old granddaughter. So I don't really care so much about my daughter anymore for anybody who knows about grandkids. That's the way it six-week old, okay? six-week-old right, grandson. Right.
0: Yes. Everything's right. about them. Yes. Oh, well,
1: I mean, you know, when my granddaughter first put her hand up and put her hand, her little hand, yeah. in, and I turned to my daughter, and I said, I just rewrote my estate. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> you, that you're, smile. You're, you're sunk. Yes. You're, you're done. <laughs> yeah.
1: You're done. But um, you know, we we really have to. Um, Make sure that we have everybody on the same page having conversations Um, My my daughter doesn't have money either, but she's got an estate plan, Mm
0: -hmm. right?
1: Um, Because what if something were to happen? What about the what-if scenario? Yes, who would take care of the granddaughter, right? We have to step back and take at least a little bit of time and I can see it in my daughter I mean, I, you know, we were talking before the show was starting, you know, bringing kids up when we were, I mean, how did we do it with all the yes. things we were going, you know, we just put our blinders on and did it. Yes. But we, we, we the other thing is we, we, we've always asked for the book, right? Where's the book that tells us what to do during this time as we're growing, you know, newborns and kids up? Well, but there are books on retirement planning. There are books on financial planning. There are books on reducing debt. Yes. There are books on cash flow. If you get interested in the topic. And so here, here's a great um, um, numbers thing for, for you. And I do it at every one of my uh, webinars on financial wellness. So the story is, and this is really important for those in their 20s and 30s, because as I say to my daughter, again, she's in her mid-30s, okay? I said, you know, we were talking about this before, when you're in your 20s, you're going to struggle. And when you're 30s, you're going to struggle more. And in your 40s, you may struggle even more than that. And it may not be till you're in your 50s that financially, you may get a handle on it, but that's life, okay? Nothing comes easy so what we the story we need to do is not tell people they need a million eight to retire we need to tell them how they how to get there yes here's the story here's the deal so if if one were to start at the age of 20 and for eight straight years put away two thousand dollars a year it's 166 dollars a month okay and all they did was for eight years put away two thousand dollars a year and then never invested again
2: mm-hmm.
1: versus somebody who starts at 28 and invests for the next 39 years until they're age 67, the same 2000 a year. So the per- first person who only invested for eight years invested $16,000. The second person invested $78,000. And we ran this for a 9% rate of return over a long period of time. Who do you think had more money? the person who invested $16,000 at $80,000 more than the person who invested for 39 years
0: okay mathematically i can't work that one out
1: <laughs> the magic was in compounding ah
0: okay.
1: earlier we start the more it compounds and if we if all we can do is put away $5 a week $20 a month whatever the number is It's so much more important to be disciplined Mm. to put money away than it is to wait for some form of inheritance or big number, because that doesn't work out. That's just playing the lottery. Yes. You want to take control of your own financial affairs, just like I've taught my daughter and I've taught my granddaughter. Little pieces, often, small steps, one step at a time will get you to what your goals are, even if you don't know what those goals are right now.
0: It's kind of the old stitch in time, isn't it? Yes. You know, yes. it's little by little and it gains a lot. Um, yes. I think also in your thirties, you know, you're thinking of the, you know, the big house and the kids and, and the holidays and, and the education and the everything else. But when you hit more into that retirement, um, for those that do retire, because many people just find another career like me, you know, and it you're doing something because you love it rather than because it's a job. Um, but for, the, you know, it your your perspective and what your needs are down the road are going to be very different to what they are in your 30s. Uh, so you're thinking, oh gosh, you know, under the current situation, I'm going to need this amount of money and that amount of money. Well, if it's just, you and your spouse or just you, you you don't need the big house. You don't need all of that. You you will have simpler living and be simply living a different lifestyle. So sometimes when we're projecting down the road, we think I need the same lifestyle as I've got now. No, you won't. You won't. You know, your needs are different completely when you get down this age.
1: If you're in your 30s, really, the, the two things that I would suggest are, one, really get a handle on the cash flow, you know, really find out with regards to the credit cards, what you're paying, where you're paying. There are all sorts of resources available to help you reduce that nut every month. Yeah. The other side of it is when you have freed up some cash flow, just put small amounts of money away on a consistent, predictable basis the, uh, and I say that that's important because nobody can time the market, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't know when it's going up, when it's going down. The one thing I know is this, it will go up and then it will go down and then it will go up and then it will go down. And it's gonna repeat itself over and over again, has always done that. I mean, certainly no guarantees. At some point it may go up forever or at some point it may go down forever. I doubt either of those is gonna happen. Yeah. However, yeah. if you're looking to take control and and find some peace for yourself, all you can do is what you can do. And you can't project what it is you think you're going to need. Because you and I both know, now that we've got grandkids, our perspectives are very different at this stage of life. The things that were important may not be as important or may not even be on our radar screen anymore, right? So our perspectives change, life changes, our needs change, either more or less, whichever, regardless. But all you can do is what you can do today. And if your finances are stressing you out, then you need to deal with them and not hope they'll go away because they won't.
0: I interview so many people who are on yet another career, you know, 50s up. And uh, they walked away from the job that they all did well, but really quite honestly didn't like, you know, and they're now following their passion. And some people are in the position because they retired, they have the money there, they can really afford to go and do their passion and either not charge for it or it doesn't matter if they're not making a lot of money out of it. A lot of people, and I'm in this category where I still have to work in order to maintain a living, though I absolutely (laughs) love what I do. Um, A lot of people are choosing still to be proactive and productive and a lot of people are having to be. I think one of the biggest problems is Is who do we go to? What kind of questions do we ask? How do we know if we're being taken down? Because you know, it's it's, but there is this stigma with the financial things. Is they're just out to get you, or they're going to cost more than what you will save? And can you afford even to see a financial person? There's a lot of that fear, and so how do you prepare someone to ask the right questions and know whether you're asking the right person?
1: It's a great point because you know again our industry has done a lousy job of educating people and we've done a lousy job of really i mean the headlines are always the bad stories yes (laughs) however however have you ever read a headline that read "plane land safely (laughs) okay so you know all we hear are the bad stories and and if we're even if we're at any level inclined to think, you know, in, in some form of conspiratorial way that everybody's out to get us, then the headline will just reinforce it, right? Yes, yes of course. So the thing you have to do if you, and, and it goes back to me when I was 27, right? And I didn't have Google at the time. Now you've got Google, yeah. right? Go on Google. How do you interview a financial planner? What questions should I ask? In my very first book, I have, an inter- I have a whole chapter designated to... You know, these are the questions to ask a financial advisor. So the The name of that book. That's a good question. I don't even remember.
0: Is it Uh, still in print?
1: (laughs) It's uh, changing the landscape, the changing landscape of retirement. What you don't know could hurt you. Hmm. Okay. so the last chapter is the, the questions you should be asking. And here's the key. Okay. if I have a broken elbow. I don't want to go to a heart surgeon, You're right? Right? If I'm interested in college planning uh, for my child, and I'm 42 years old, I don't want to be working with somebody whose clients are all in their 70s, mm-hmm. OK? So how do you get paid? How long have you been in business? You know, Who do you work for? Are you independent? Um, What is your profile client? What are some of the questions that your clients ask of you, and how do you approach them? How long have your relationships been with your clients? Um, I'm not sure, and this is an interesting one, because we always ask the question in any consumer arena, but I'm not sure that it's really a great question, which is, can I get some referrals? Because the question is, if you ask any business owner, do you think they're going to give you a bad referral? Okay, So let's (laughs) stop asking that question. Um, You may want to ask your friends, your colleagues, your family members, if they work with a Mm. financial advisor, you may want to ask your accountant or your estate planning attorney if they work with a financial advisor and then ask just because you got referred to the, that financial planner from a trusted resource doesn't necessarily mean that they're the one for you right they may be good they may be good at what they do but they may not be good and the right one for you so you 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 need to the best way to do it is you know go google you know best you know top 10 questions to ask a financial advisor and, you know, you'll you'll get an unbiased, unvarnished set of questions to ask. The burden's on you. Yeah. You can be as accountable if you, quote unquote, get taken by a financial advisor. At many levels, it was also your responsibility to ferret that out. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that you're totally accountable for it, because people in every industry yeah. pull the wool out from anybody. Yeah. And sometimes it's... As as much due diligence and research as we do, we never saw that coming, and we couldn't have seen it coming. But you need to to minimize the fear that you have going into that relationship, which is why you have to ask a lot of questions.
0: I think for a lot of people they're scared to ask the questions because they don't want to appear dumb. You know, I'm, when it comes to finances, forget it. You know, you start talking about this, that, et cetera, it's a different language to me altogether, not one that I comprehend. And so people don't want to feel stupid or, you know, they don't want someone to start talking finance back to us and we don't get it and we feel embarrassed because we don't get it. Um, so, you know, I think being upfront, look, you're talking to a layman here who knows absolutely nothing um, I want you to talk to me in my layman talk and if that person can't I mean then already you've, you've got a door closed there because you know it, you don't need anybody who's going to pull a hierarchy on you or make you feel stupid
1: well, you there's want also, people
0: to make you feel there's also a gender gap
1: there's yeah. a gender gap in our in our industry okay for real and it gets back to you know sometimes some of these studies show that financial advisors have as much credibility and, and respect as used car sales mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. okay.
1: How and, and I will tell you, there is a similarity in the sense that the many financial advisors use industry jargon on people who don't understand, right? Many auto dealerships use that same type of game on people who don't understand, and you know, without being politically incorrect, you know, a lot of it is the male female situation yeah. where. For many years, this and, and still now, it's a male-dominated society, but we're having to talk to a lot of women. And there are many studies out there that show there's a disconnect with the communications. And yes. I used to do seminars. And the one thing I used to say to people is, I have an interesting designation that few other people have. I am a CFP, a certified financial planner, but I'm also a DAD. And they'd look at me and they go, what? a what? I said, DAD. I'm a dad. And I'm a dad of a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I na- she has taught
2: me mm-hmm.
1: more about how to understand what she was asking me, not as I would filter it through my own male filter, okay? My linear filter. You know, when she would say to me, dad, do I have to do my hair tonight? <laughs> I used to say, yes, you have to do your hair. That wasn't the question. Mm -hmm. What she was really asking was, is it okay if I don't, or do I really have to, or is there a choice? Mm -hmm. So if I just fed it back to her and said, you know what, let's have a conversation about it. Would you like to do you? I mean, sometimes, however, no, I'm sorry, you can't cross the road. Right. Or no, I'm sorry, you must do your homework. But... 90% of the time, it should be negotiable, but we are not always listening to the other side of the conversation. We can't hear it. We're too wrapped up in what we do, what we know, how we communicate. That's why a third of my clients are suddenly single women. Mm. I I was actually born and bred in a house full of women, including the dogs. (laughs) So. You know, I've had to make that adjustment. Yes. I had no choice if I was to be successful in life, forget about business. Um, but it, it it's helped me in business to help to listen a little bit better, to understand what the question is and to repeat back in a language that everybody understands.
0: It, it's incredibly important. I don't know how many things I've had people try and sell me without them asking me one single question or. Of- Does this particular topic, you know, uh, even interest me? And it's like, uh, you know, I could if I'm, you know, sometimes just fascinated, sit back, listen. Uh, Okay, let them do their spiel, and you know, it's an automatic spiel. And then at the end of it, it's like, okay, did you ask if I drive a car, or did you did you ask if I do this, or did you? Ah, no. Okay, and then you've just wasted 20 minutes of my time, and 20 minutes of your time because yep. you didn't bother to get to know me and what my needs are before you started pitching something. Right. So you know it's I think it's the, I think it's the the guilt of every salesman and then let's say we we're all in the sales business. If we don't pay attention to what a person needs, how can we supply that need?
1: Well, the very first question I ask somebody who calls me or, or, or is referred to me is, How can I help you? Mm -hmm. What do you need? I don't even know if there's a proper fit. Mm -hmm. Let's find out before I, you know, I'm happy to tell you everything I do, but what do you need? And I have to find out whether or not there's any value I can offer based on my 32 years. If there is, great, we can have a conversation. If not, better off talking with somebody else.
0: Yeah, and if somebody's not willing to give you that 15, 30 minutes or something just to have those questions, to have that connection, and you know if there's a connection with someone, you can feel it. Oh, I hear them. I hear what they're saying, or I'm giving them a question, they're responding back in a way that I can hear them. Uh, then you know you've got a synergy. And there's a channel there to which you can you can talk, and if you feel you're asking a stupid question, you don't you're not being treated back as if you're stupid, you know that it's just simply an avenue you don't know. I just took my car in to get fixed. I thought I was having a service, and uh, an alignment. Nine hundred dollars later, <laughs> and four hundred more to go. You know, all of a sudden there's A, B, C, and D wrong with it, and it's like, yeah, yeah. um. But I'm not a mechanic, so I don't know what's wrong with the car. I'm not a financial person, so I don't know what to ask or or, um, even maybe even understand the jargon coming back. So you need that synergy there to know that you actually are communicating.
1: Right. And, you know, there's another thing, you know, you keep mentioning retirement planning and financial planning, and there's a focus on the finances. But the reality is there's really two huge fears as you think of as one – approaches and thinks about retirement. One is outliving their money, Yes, but that's a financial concern. But the other is, what am I going to do the rest of my life? And those conversations actually dominate the conversations I have with my clients, because it's more about getting a fulfilled retirement, regardless of how much money you have or don't have. I mean, I've got clients who have lots of money, who still have no fulfillment or reward in this next chapter of life. My best friend's out in Arizona, and he's got plenty of money. He's just officially retired, sold his business. He'll call me at 10 o'clock in the morning and go, okay.
0: What do I do now?
1: (laughs) Now, what do I do until 11 o'clock? And... Uh, I got lunch with Joe at twelve, and then what do I do till? F- I mean, he's got nothing in his life, and so it's really important to find some balance and not just focus on the finances. And I'll sh- and I'll share with you, your audience. You know, you know, as you mentioned, you know, I have the book out, but one of the things that that, that we did do on that was develop a quiz, and for those who are approaching, you know, that though, asking those questions about retirement and really trying to be concerned about it and seriously plan for it, if they wanna go to our quiz, which is at www.retirenowquiz.com, that's retirenowquiz.com, it'll take you two minutes. It's, I think it's 15 questions, but the questions are as much about finances as they are about what you want or what you expect out of life and whether or not you're truly prepared. And then once you fill it out, we'll we'll score it for you. We'll tell you which one of the three stages of retirement preparedness you're in. We'll also share with you the first chapter of the book. I'll send it to you along with a couple of worksheets so you'll gain some more clarity as in terms of how to whether or not you are or are not on track. But if you just spend two minutes, if you're really concerned about it, it's just a great way to get some insights in terms of where you are and what you need to do.
0: I mean, when you're young, you know, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to travel. I want to play golf for the rest of my life. And then when you're older, there's only so much golf you can do. There's only so much. Well, then your back goes out. You're right. Exactly. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Yeah. you know it doesn't matter how we think our retirement is going to be variably it never is exactly what we think it's going to be 30 40 years uh, in the past but a- an awful lot of people who don't prepare for retirement and don't have anything else to do it's statistically you know they die early because they're right. not being a part of life we need to be right. engaged we need something that we love to do it's very very important and this is why so many people kind of take on other careers, Um, because now it's something that's coming, you know, from the heart and soul, the passion, they love it, and it gives them a reason to get up every day, because, you know, just because we've retired from one particular career doesn't mean life is over. Be productive in your life.
1: Well, one of the things, you know, you talk about previous generations, you know, many times uh, he retired at 65 and passed away at 68. Yes, yes. So retirement has a whole new definition now, right? And if the actuarial tables indicate to us that we're going to live into our, at least our mid 80s on average, if not into our 90s, my mom's going to turn 92 in a week. Um, My my father-in-law is going to turn 90 next year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're living longer. My father-in-law plays tennis every single morning you understand that 6 30 every single morning the 89 year old is playing tennis every morning more and more of that is happening and so this isn't just about finances though that certainly can help to reduce some stress that you will feel and and maybe give you some more choices and options and flexibility but the ability to pursue and have a fulfilled rewarding retirement is enormous. So, you know, in, in, in that first book, you know, the forward of the book was was a great story of a client of mine. Uh, she had worked for an insurance company for, it was 38 years, I think. Um, she was 57, so you do the math. She was mm-hmm. her only job. And she had gotten to the point where she was gonna get 100% of her pension. So she just decided to find out if getting that pension that she could retire. Did the numbers work? She was just focused on the numbers. We Went through the whole of Mishigas. We went through the planning. Turns out the numbers were in her favor. I said, hey, listen, you can go and retire. We met a month later. She came into my office. She was crying because the thing she realized was that if she were to retire,
2: mm-hmm.
1: she would be losing what we now call the business culture. Okay, I have a reason to get up in the morning. Yes, I have yes, a place to go to. Yes. I have people to see. Yes, I'm a respected part of a community. Yep, people like me. I'm growing in organization. I can banter with friends and, and, and the like, and then I go home. It's not just a paycheck, right? So, if you don't have a way to replace that, mm-hmm. it's going to be a problem,
0: a huge problem. Yeah, you know, and, and if you do have a spouse, suddenly you're home 24-7 and they go, you're driving me up the wall. But I that, think that's I, why
1: the spouse goes out and gets a job.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I live with an 87 year old who's turning 88 soon and she still drives. So she would still play tennis. She's looking for a tennis partner. Um, she would still be working if she could. Uh, but her particular job right now is, is not available. And um, she does thousand uh, piece puzzle every week and she's out every day either feeding the ducks or doing something you know uh, yeah i'll say short-term memory is definitely going that's one of the things i have to step in on but otherwise the zest for life the oldest person i've interviewed is 88 with her own tv show a new love in her life And it's like, it's not over until it's over. So when we're talking retirement, we're talking financial security. We're not talking about sitting on the porch, knitting, or just watching life go by. It is your financial security to go and do the things that really give you that meaningful purpose or that excitement in life. I have another friend who's a teacher, was a teacher. She's retired. She's busy seven days a week like she's every single day she's a member of this or that or this or that and proactive in life and we are meant to be but isn't it nice if we can afford to be not having to work into your 70s or 80s because you need to but that you have that retirement plan there that you can actually afford to go and do what you want without the worry
1: well the best definition of retirement is that many of my clients say it i don't know how i had the time before mm. yes to work.
0: Yes, um, yes. This,
1: their life is full. Grandkids, yes. travel, tennis, yeah. golf, working, gardening, whatever it is.
0: Lunching, yes. Right, right,
1: right. right. <laughs> no, doing nothing, it's yes.
0: okay. Yes. Um,
1: but, and again, I think it's really important to get away from the myth that we need a lot of money. I've just mm. seen too many people who have had successful lives, forget about retirement, who have been very successful and didn't have. And it's all about how you construct your life and what you need. If you decide you need a lot, then you need a lot of money. If you decide that you don't need a lot and your cash flow need is not that great, then you don't need a lot of money. And trust me, we've heard it over and over again just because you have a lot of money does not mean that you are a happy person.
0: I've so, interviewed many of them, many of them. I had it all. The right. big house, the, the right. car, the this and that. I was a slave to my work. <laughs> I was but making even, the money, he, no time to spend it. <laughs> you know? But even
1: those in retirement yeah. who have lots of money, to, like my friend is not necessarily a happy, fulfilling right. retirement. No, so you, have to, you have to start with the start.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: defining what you want and don't just walk away from it and bury your hand head think that you just can't do it I don't know what it is you have to define that
0: and I think also a lot of other things is for a lot of people I'm managing just to scrape by with what I've got every month. I don't know if I have that 160 to put by a month. Um, and then they feel, okay, I'll have to wait until I do have that disposable income before I speak to someone. But can one, I think this is the big question for a lot of people, how little can I do you know, to put by? And then as I get more affluent, it can grow. Because I think that puts people off a lot at the first is I don't have the money to even start.
1: No, I, I completely understand that. And, you know, sometimes we can't do something for everyone. Right. Right? I, I, we wish we could. It's not, it's not the real world. Um, for those who have the ability or can create the ability, then it makes sense to start very small. And whatever you can do, you do. You don't compare yourself with the next door neighbor mm-hmm. or somebody in the paper. I hear that. How's my portfolio doing <laughs> versus XY? I don't care. How is it doing relative to what you need? Yes. All you have to ask.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not about markets. It's not about investments. It's not about the, you have to decide what you want and set yourself on a track to help to accomplish whatever that goal is. If you decide, that you want to, you know, fly to the moon, but you don't have the money to give Elon Musk and SpaceX, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, it may not be a realistic goal.
0: Right, yes. That million under the armpit, there is something you need right now if that's what you want to do. Right, exactly. yeah. reserve exactly. your seat, yeah. Right. And not yeah.
1: sure even if I had that that I would go up. And yeah, exactly. Yes. I won't even I won't even drop down a boot do bungee jumping. Let's
0: yeah, no, 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 no. Actually, my ex husband's fiftieth birthday, I took him blindfolded out to and then took the blindfold out and I said, "You're about to jump from a plane at ten thousand feet," and uh, and he. And the first thing he said to me is the insurance current.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: you know, he did it and it was one of the best 50 presents could give because it has kind of, a rejuvenation of life, you know, that experience yep. for yep. him. Yep. But um, yeah, he said if it was bundy jumping, he wouldn't have done it. But, it, you know, and if oh, I told funny. him, he probably would have talked himself out of it. But absolutely it was there, you know, and, absolutely. And he did it. And sometimes we've got to do that. We've got to step outside of our fear zone, our comfort zone. And, you know, it's look at, OK, our, even if I'm in my piggy bank at the present moment, putting X amount of, away and just forget about it, don't dip into it, don't do anything. And then um, for a lot of people, they've quit smoking. Every single bit of money that you put into the smoking, put into a kit. Look at it at the end of the month and go, wow, I was smoking that away. Now, what if I take that money and invest it into my retirement? Well, Not I'll only am I looking that, after my health, I'm looking after my longevity.
1: So one of the studies we did was we we, we showed that if if you bought two cups, well, was two grand mocha cafes from Starbucks every week, Okay, And if you drink coffee, you drink more than two cups a week. Okay, But you don't really ever think about that type of expenditure. Right. But if you took just that amount on a weekly basis, we showed that a 35 year old just putting that amount of money away on every paycheck at a 7 percent rate of return would walk walk away at the age of 67 with over one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Two cups of coffee equaled $120,000. We don't think about those normal expenditures in that way. And we keep coming up with reasons why we can't, we can't, we can't. Mm -hmm. Well, for most people, you can do something.
0: Right. Yeah. It means a little sacrifice here today for your security tomorrow. And it doesn't become a sacrifice because we realize... You know, we've become rather addicted to things that don't really serve us in the now anyway. So take it and, you know, planting seeds for tomorrow. Next thing you know, you've got a beautiful willow tree to sit under, right? So, (laughs) um, you know, I know a lot of, you know, things that that people want you to invest in. It's a sure thing. It'll help your money grow. And of course, we're hearing a great deal about bitcoins nowadays. Mm -hmm. Do you think that in future there will be no such thing as actual money that we will all be cyber money?
1: I, I have a difficult time envisioning that day. What I do believe is that cryptocurrency is something that is here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, I had mentioned Elon Musk before because mm-hmm. he just bought a billion and a half dollars worth of uh, Bitcoin. Um, you know, JP Morgan now has cryptocurrency trading platforms. So it's not just this yeah. Now, can I explain it to you and your audience? Not a chance. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. Uh, what's a digital wallet? But what I can tell you is that I do believe that it will be a currency out there. You know, we many are a part of bartering yes. uh, trades, right? That's a form of currency, right? Um, I don't think that we can think about this really any differently. It will grow. It will mature. You will have more opportunities to um, buy with uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin or otherwise. Um, But I think the thing you have to be very cautious of, you know, we've talked about millennials and Mm. the conversation I always hear from them is, oh, I need to be an overnight millionaire yesterday. Mm. Um, And they always talk about, oh, my gosh, I should my, my, my middle step son said he wanted to put $15,000 into Bitcoin a year ago. And I talked him out of it because it was the only money that he had. And I said, that's ridiculous. And now he's looking at me going, oh, that would have been worth a lot of money. Well, do, I, I think the question is more about what will the world look like versus can I make myself and mint myself an overnight million?
0: Well, there is that guy that invested, that apparently has a billion dollars in, in Bitcoins. What, we have some... Rep- feedback here but he lost his password and so he can't oh have Lord. access to it So, and how many of us lose our password or forget our password because everything is password 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 and he can't get to his money because he can't remember his password
1: i would go out and hire a russian hacker to make- yes yes I could get in yes. and find that
2: password. You know,
0: a hypnotherapist, what's my right, password? Right, right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Yeah, right. exactly. And but, you know, that is that is the fear. There is like simple thing of forgetting your bloody login and your password. <laughs> you could have all that money, at least when you go to a bank, you know, you kind of know the money you hope is there. And you know. But things change, don't they? And I think it's yes. kind of logical that we will go because more and more I do all my banking online. You know, and more and more we're going that way, um, and less and less, even places, especially with COVID, we even take cash. Yes. And everything is card. So, yes. and, it, and the trouble is, but by playing by plastic, we don't actually pay attention to the dollar sign so much as we do if we're actually counting the money. So, it's like think, being
1: back in the casino. Yeah. You're
0: yeah. You're not touching money. Right. Just you know, another there's chip.
1: False, <laughs> there's a false sense. But, you know, you know, I, I haven't touched coins in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I, I so rarely now use cash.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's changing industries, business models that will be changing forever. The way we go about and spend money, do things, travel will be changed forever. Um, and we just have to make that, we just have to
2: adapt.
0: Yes, we do. And, you know, yes, it can be confusing and yes, it can be daunting. And I think if you do have a financial planner, when some something comes up and you feel, oh, you know, that person... Jenny can help you through that path you know do not expect to know it all and don't expect to even understand every single thing they're going to say to you because if it's not your language it's not your language but you need to have that trust with your financial planner that they're speaking enough to you that you understand that they are pointing you in the right direction to invest your money for tomorrow because that's what it's about so many people you know i encourage people to live in today The gift of the present is in the now because not enough people are present. They're too busy chasing the illusion of tomorrow, but they're chasing the riches, they're chasing the fame or the popularity or this achievement and that success without then also planting seeds in when you come down from your great heights, where do you land? And you come and land and there's there's only moss there because you didn't build anything to land on. So, yeah. I mean, I wish I knew more about retirement and all of that earlier um, but here i am no too late for that now <clears throat> but i don't want my kids to go through that as i said one i don't need to worry about and the other two yes i think they they need that conversation for sure ah your books how do people find them i know you've got one that's brand new
1: brand new um, and uh they can go to our website at www 55 retire.com that's the number 55 retire.com we also have a whole bunch of two minute videos i know our attention spans are very short so <laughs> it's we put it in, in two minutes i actually heard a study that showed the attention span of the money was like 12 seconds so we couldn't put this topic in 12 seconds so yeah. we tried to do it to two minutes and then the you other, know, thing is have, have them go to the you know if, if you're really seriously considering doing some planning about retirement Go take our quiz. It's at retirenowquiz.com. We'll score it for you, give you a free chapter of the book and a couple of worksheets
0: it's it's the first step if you're like i just right. have no idea i don't even know where to start and it's, right. it's too daunting and if it's something you don't understand or comprehend yes it is daunting because what are we afraid of what things we don't understand Correct. so having somebody first and foremost you have a synergy with having that quiz where you can ask the questions where oh okay i have a little more clarity now i know what to ask pertaining to me and my needs <clears throat> um, and then we feel more comfortable about being able to, you know, to talk to someone about it, which is really important. Um, here, I'm in here in Canada, so I don't know if the this, this system is the same, but wherever you're listening in the world, there's a financial planner near you um, and just reach out and do something because you owe it to yourself. We have, look at it, look at our. I'm 66. We've never had a generation be this old and be this productive and, or putting such a strain on the medical. Uh, or people that are still working so late into life, or living so long. This is really a new platform. And so many people didn't plan for it because they probably didn't expect it. Right. So, you, know, right. you know, the next generations, they need to look at that and go, oh, you know, my, my parents are in the 80s. They're in the 90s. They're still being productive there is a chance that, you know, there's life beyond 60. So I do need to plant the seeds now or prepare for it for tomorrow. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to afford the tennis racket.
1: Couldn't have said it any better.
0: (laughs) Um, Great having you here. Thank you so much. You've taken a lot of the fear out of it. And I think there is fear associated. Fear of planning for old age, you know, uh, fear of not knowing how to ask the right questions, fear about being taken because you know, the car salesman type mentality of the finances, um, and just the simple feeling like an idiot because you don't understand it. But it is just like you prepare for everything else in life. It's just one of those chapters. Start planting now. And then you can basically sit back and let it grow until you've got more questions where you can either diverse or you can add to it and you can grow more. But it's not something you have to be immersed in 24-7. It's just plant the seeds, water and nurture them and see how it will grow while you're there enjoying you life. Right? There
1: you go. I, I, I'm now I'm now the gardener for my uh, financial planning client.
0: Exactly. You're helping them plant the tree. Right. And right. then 20 years, 30 years, they're going to be that beautiful big willow tree you can go yep. sit under in yep. comfort, right? So, yep. yeah. Exactly, you're planting the orchards for the future, and that's the thing. I think if we if we choose a phraseology of what we're planting, what we're seeding for tomorrow, and don't look at retirement, can I afford it? But look at, you know, maybe it is that that um, waterfront cottage you want, or whether it's I want to be able to travel, or whether it's this or that. You're planting that, and you're that's what you're envisioning growing. It just takes a kind of a lot of the fear out of it altogether.
1: Couldn't agree more.
0: Thanks so much for sharing with us here today, Mark.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: My pleasure. So folks, please do not be afraid. You invest in everything else in your life. Just invest in this so that you can have a beautiful, long, beautiful, long, abundant retirement life filled with things that you want to do because you can afford to. So until next time, bye for now.